0: As we mentioned before, Salatul Aisha, that we, are, we have recited in tonight's Taraweeh, Surah Al Baqarah, and we commenced Surah Al Imran. Just touching on some of the verses which were recited previously. One of the verses in the second Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, informs us of the status of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, especially on the occasion where the direction of Qibla was changed. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Muslimin were instructed to face the Baytullah and face the Kaaba as previously they were facing Baytul Muqaddas in Jerusalem. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in his desire and enthusiasm to be facing the Kaaba, constantly would look to the sky <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says most certainly Allah has seen how you turn your face towards the heavens and the sky in anticipation of revelation because that is where jibril alayhi salam would descend from the sky is the place where the malaika reside tardaha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says o oh muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa most certainly we would turn you towards that qibla and that direction which pleases you. The ulama say this is one of the signs of the status of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where for Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam to please Him, Allah subhanahu wa taala sent the verse to tell him that you will send down an instruction which will please your heart. Sayyidina Ibrahim alaihi salam was a Khalil of Allah, the friend of Allah, and the Khalil is that person who goes out of his way to do everything that pleases Allah. On the other hand, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us الله, that he is the Habib and the beloved unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from this verse we can see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the instruction based on that which would please Rasulullah sallallahu There are many such instances. We see Sayyidina Musa alayhi making dua on one occasion, صدري, الله, I ask you to open up my chest and my bosom, Amri make my task and my, my duty easy and remove that knot and that lock which is on my tongue so that people may understand me and for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam without a dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Alam laka that have we not opened your bosom in your heart and that weight and load and responsibility which you are carrying we have made it easy for you and we have elevated your mention Wherever ever the name of Allah is mentioned, the name of Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam is also mentioned. Another verse which was recited was the verse of uh, exhorting us to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through sabr and salah. At the time of difficulty and tests which comes into the life of each and every person, to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, through the a'mal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The verse following that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us of those people who who pass away in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who reach a level of shahada and martyrdom. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated in a hadith, he asked the sahaba, who do you think a martyr is? And they said, well, we assume it's the one who passes away on the battlefield. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if that's the case, then there will be very few martyrs in my ummah. Most certainly a person who drowns is also a martyr. A person who passes away in a crushed injury is also a shaheed and a martyr. A person, a lady who passes away during birth, after giving birth, has also been counted as a as shaheed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those people who, who reach the level of shahada which is passing away on the battlefield, like the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, Allah says, <laughs> Most certainly they are alive, but you cannot understand or perceive the type of life that they are experiencing. The person who is a shaheed is alive. And this is why even the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith, الانبياء أحياء the are alive in their graves and they perform salah. Now obviously the type of life which is mentioned in the hadith is not something which we can comprehend. If somebody asks an individual, what is your age? And he says, my age is 20. But in reality we know that when he passed four months in the womb of his mother, he was already alive. But nobody counts the, the five months that he that he passed in the in the state of being alive in the womb of his mother although he was alive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created various levels of haya and life. And the strongest level of life after death is for the Anbiya alayhimu salatu was salam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said on the night of Mi'raj, when I passed by the grave of Musa alayhi salam, wa fi he was standing in his grave and performing salah. And the next level after that would be the level of the shuhada, the martyrs, and the, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who led a life of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The verse also was recited tonight of um, the instruction and, uh, of psalm and fasting in the month of Ramadan. It has been prescribed upon us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a limited amount of time. Therefore, we should take advantage and not lose this opportunity in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to purify our hearts and to purify our nafs and our egos. It is a weaning period, detaching ourselves from those things which shaitan uses as an avenue to take us astray. Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, states that there are two avenues which shaitan uses, which is shahawat, two avenues of shahawat. Shahawat means your desires. And that is fulfilled in two ways, through the belly, through eating, and also through fulfilling one's desire, carnal desire, uh, which happens between husband and wife. So these two avenues are actually the avenues that shaitan uses uses even now to, to delude people and take them away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The biggest two markets in the dunya today is the food industry and the fashion industry, the same two. And in the month of Ramadan, we are taught to abstain from those, those same things. It might be the things upon which our existence depends. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to stay away from it so that our, our heart and our nafs becomes accustomed to, to staying away from that which is, which is t- tempting and the temptations. Which shaytan uses to take us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ That O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When my servants ask you about me Then say to them that I am qareeb I am near Which means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further says وَجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعْنَ The meaning of qareeb Why is, what is the meaning of Qareeb that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I respond to the dua and the call of a servant when he calls unto me. So this is, Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmahullah, explains the meaning of the word Qareeb. The word Qareeb, he says, That proximity, closeness, and being distant from Allah has got nothing to do with a space or a distance. إنما القرب والبعد من الله على طريق الكرامة That a person, when his rank is elevated in the sight of Allah, then that person is titled قريب. He is close to Allah. When a person is disobedient towards to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa taala, he is he is labeled Ba'id. He is distant from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this is the meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bin Qareeb That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to the dua of those who call unto him And finally, I will conclude on this uh, verse Which is one of uh, the most powerful verses in the Qur'an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He asked Sayyidina Ubay bin Ka'ab radiyallahu an That from the verses of the Qur'an that you know Which is the a'zamu ayatin, Which is the most powerful ayah in the Qur'an so he said from the verses, I know, O of Allah, it's ayatul kursi. So Rasulullah ﷺ in um, amazement and happiness, he gave him uh, a gentle nudge on his chest and said, لِيَهْنِكَ uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with knowledge, O Ubay, Abu al-Mundir. Because yes, so ayatul kursi is the most powerful verse. It is the verse which encapsulates many of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al Qayyum. Al-Hayy means that being who is ever in existence. He doesn't depend on his existence for anything else to bring him into existence. He was always in existence, he will always be in existence. Al-Qayyum is that being that keeps everything else in existence. And in that way, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la describes His Majesty. No sleep and slumber affects Allah. Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. His Kursi. And encapsulates and envelops the entire universe as Rasulullah also explains in a hadith, that the seven heavens, collectively, to fi illa bi falah, the seven heavens and the, the seven heavens, i not talking of the Milky Way galaxy or the galaxies which astronomers have discovered now. But beyond that, whatever stars we see is only in the first heaven. Allah says, We've adorned the sky of this world with stars. So the stars which astronomers see is all in the first heaven. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created seven such heavens. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said all seven together in comparison to Al-Kursi, which is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not, some of us who know but of Arabic will say Kursi means a chair, okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have a chair that he sits on. Allah is not in need of sitting. The name of this creation is Al-Kursi. So the vastness of the Al Kursi in comparison to the As-Samawat, the seven heavens, is like the vastness of the desert over a ring. And then Rasulullah said there's another creation of Allah greater in size and magnitude than the kursi, which is called the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, The vastness of the arsh over the kursi is like the vastness of the desert over the ring. So this is the great creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there are many virtues of this surah and I will conclude. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states that person who recites May Allah give us tawfiq. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith narrated by Abu Umama an that person who recites ayatul kursi after every fard salam Allah give us tawfiq to practice on this respected brothers and sisters. Nothing will stop him from entering into Jannah except death. The only thing keeping you from entering into Jannah is the death which has to come on its prescribed time. May Allah give us the to recite after every salah ayatul kursi with the intention of protection. Because in a hadith of Sayyidina Abu Huraira an, he says Rasulullah said, that person who recites ayatul kursi in, in any house, if there is a shaitan in that house, the shaitan will have to leave that house. No shaitan can enter a house in which ayatul kursi was recited. So we should recite Ayatul Kursi uh, when we enter our homes after the Fard salawat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect us from the harms of the shayateen, whether they be in the form of insan or jinn. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq and a reminder for the brothers and sisters, inshallah, to make your intention for the Fard fast of tomorrow, inshallah, so we maximize the reward of the fast of the month of Ramadan. Wa akhidu da'wana, anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.